With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Welcome, my wonderful fans. Tonight, my guest is New York City-based actress Puya Mosini, who is the star of the still-in-production film Transit, a New York City fairy tale which centers around a young man who falls for a woman who later reveals she is transgender. You can support the film at Kickstarter. Look for the title, Transit, a New York City fairy tale, written and directed by Emily DeNova. Puya, who was born and raised in Tehran, Iran, and is a Maggie Flanagan Studio graduate, currently has nine projects that are filming or in production. You've seen her in TV shows like Madam Secretary, Big Dogs, and Gross Misconduct, and in stage shows such as The Good Muslim. Puya, a transgender advocate, is a consummate professional and the epitome of the truism that the golden rule still rules. You can find her on Facebook at handle Puya dot H dot S Mosini, that's P-O-O-Y-A H dot S Mosini is M-O-H-S-E-N-I. And don't forget, you can find me out on Instagram. And my handle out there is uh, William Powell 8796 So I see Puya is on deck. Let me go ahead and bring her on the line. Good evening, Puya. Welcome to the program. Good evening, William. Thank you for having me on again. Absolutely. So I know your film, Transit, is well on its way to uh, completion. So talk about your experiences uh, filming this film. Um, actually, we haven't started filming yet. Um, uh, let me walk you through uh, what has happened. Uh, we started this script, uh, Gregory Shiofi, uh, who was the original writer, and uh, he brought the script to me about two years ago, and we rewrote uh, the script, and we rewrote the character that I am playing, and this started two years ago, and then we did the video uh, for our fundraiser, which was basically saying what the story is about, why we think it's important, why we want to do it, and why we need people's help. And we did that about a year ago, and we released our fundraiser uh, about 12 days ago. Um, we have raised almost $9,000 in 12 days, and we are hoping to raise another uh, two to $3,000, God willing. Um, and we are going into production in January. Um, right now, we are also in the talks of the crew that we want to pick. We want it to be as diverse as we can make it. Uh, you know, people of color, women, uh, people from the queer community. Uh, we are trying to be as inclusive in uh, our production as our story is trying to be in theme and message. 
Absolutely. And so it I know also, that. Uh-huh. I, I wanted to add, it is also the first um, movie that um, not only am I uh, starring in, uh, but I have also co-written and I'm co-producing it. Yeah, you, you have those talents as well. Now, I know that you mentioned that uh, you may be able to give some of the money uh, raised to charity. Is that true? Um, it, it's um, it's a nonprofit organization. Uh, we had uh, originally we had uh, set our goal of fundraising for seven thousand dollars, and uh, because of people's um, support and the love that they showed us, we realized that we could definitely raise more than what we had originally um, thought. So then we came out with our pledge, which uh, was a secondary thought because we didn't know that we could raise as much as we have. And we said that anything we raised above 7500 we were going to donate 50 cents on the dollar to Gender and Family Project, uh, which is a subsection of the Ackerman Institute. They're not a charity, but they're a nonprofit organization, and they provide counseling, therapy, and a community to families that have trans and uh, gender nonconforming children so they can get the support, the education um, that they need so the whole family can transition together and those children will be able to have uh, much more supportive families and be able to grow up and have uh, hopefully a better sense of self and be um, contributing citizens of our society. Yeah, and I know that uh, your uh, Kickstarter campaign, I, I, I believe it's been trolled. So talk about how you handled that. You know, uh Again, being someone who is trans and is very open and outspoken about it, especially on social media, we are not, um, uh, you know, strangers to people coming out of nowhere and spewing. And I don't even want to judge them and saying that, you know, whether they're stupid or whatever, but for some reason they feel the need to come um and, you know, at the very least share their unkindness with us, uh, either saying that, you know, me or people like me, that we are somehow, uh, you know, we we have mental issues and this is not something that should be celebrated. There's no such thing as inclusivity and so on and so forth. I have a basic belief that as Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. Uh, I know sometimes it may sound cliche, but when someone comes, someone that doesn't know me, and they want to spew hate at me, or they just want to say disparaging things um, and share whatever feeling of hatred or dislike they have towards me, I know that it's not really it's about uh, whether they feel threatened by something I represent or a confusion that they have and they don't feel the right to either ask the question or to at the very least be open to someone who's different from them. So I'm not angry at them. Sure, it does hurt a little bit, but I still like to treat them with the respect that I believe everyone is entitled to. Um, that doesn't mean that I would be a pushover. And, you know, then when somebody comes on our page and says something slightly sarcastically, 
I thank them for uh, taking the time to coming and looking at our campaign and showing interest in our project. And I hope they will donate to our project um, and spread the word. And then they said, well, I don't think I'm going to do that. The fact that they actually took that seriously, I found very charming. But, you know, I, that's just who I am. I believe in kindness. I believe that we are each responsible for the world we live in. And I like to be responsible for kindness, generosity, and humanity that I put in the world because I'm not really responsible for somebody else's hatred. Well said, well said. Okay, so I want to take a left turn into uh, working with your director, uh, Emily uh, DeNova. So I know you've done a lot of projects with her. Talk about that. Uh, well, actually, the three people that are attached to this project, Gregory Schiofi, Emily Donova, and myself, I have been in two plays that Emily has written uh, over the past four years. That's how I originally met uh, Emily and Gregory, uh, was a play that Emily had written. And uh, both Emily and Gregory were directing. That was the first time, and that was a great experience. And then uh, there was another, uh, the first play was called Cops, and it was about Henry VIII and his wives. I played his first wife. Then the second one was um, a thriller about three people um, that they had all been in relationship with each other at some point. And um, she was also co-starring with me, and Gregory directed me in that and so we've had um, a very productive and uh, symbiotic uh, artistic relationship up to this point and when Gregory reached out to me and said you know I want to do this and Emily wants to direct it I really didn't think you know like at all about it because I was like absolutely I had had such a great experience working with both of them on the first two projects and when Greg had written uh, transit a New York City fairy tale uh, and Emily wanted to direct it I just thought that I definitely wanted to be part of it she's multi-talented she is a writer um, she's writing a novel uh, that's going to be um, coming out next year uh, she is um, a, a singer she's a great actor um, she has directed me in uh, another project before and on this one. So I totally, especially when it comes to film production, you really have to trust your director. And um, the artistic relationship that we have makes me feel very comfortable with that aspect of the project. I mean, there may be another thousand things that could go wrong. But so far as the director and my co-star, I couldn't be happier with the people I'm working with. Fantastic, fantastic. So uh, I want to take a uh, a right turn and talk about the the TV series Big Dogs. Who do you play in that one? Uh, Big Dogs, which hasn't come out yet. It's hopefully going to come out in 2019. I had... um, the pleasure and honor of being cast in a recurring guest star role. Uh, my character's name was Bajanti Divya, and she's actually <laughs> based, um, you know, it's like, I mean, she has an Indian name because she's an Indian yeah. character, and she's based <laughs> on a real character. She is the head of the Cap Drivers Association. So in a way... Mm. 
in, in a series called Big Dogs. She's kind of a big dog. And, um, <laughs> you know, she's a very powerful uh, woman. Um, you know, it's like, and then just a little backstory on what Big Dogs is. It's basically this um, dystopic, futuristic um, look at New York when kind of like a social structure has fallen apart and there's a lot of lawlessness going around and there are certain things happening. Uh, but uh, my character is a character that has influence and has a lot of eyes in many different places. So she knows a lot of things. And when uh, police need information, she is someone that they come to. Um, and she was a very complex character to uh, get my head around. But I had great direction from Matthew Penn, who is Arthur Penn's son and a very notable primetime director, as well as uh, Tony Glazer. Um, who was also a producer on another film that I had been in. Um, and I honestly, you know, with the cast that I got to work with, I can't wait to see what it looks like when it comes out. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds sounds very interesting. A lot of a lot of wonderful concepts there. And uh yeah. there was a project you did, I believe it was on stage called One Woman. What's some of the things you learned doing that show? Well, for one thing, it takes a lot of breath to talk and sing <laughs> nonstop for a whole hour. Well. <laughs> um, uh, but the interesting part of it was it was written by Cecilia Copeland, uh, and it was originally written by her about her, but then I came in and she rewrote it. So then it ended up being about both of us. Parts of it were about her and parts of it were about me. Um, and uh, I I love the support from the community. I love talking about many different issues that I feel strongly about, whether it's uh, women's issues uh, and uh, their place in society, uh, how uh, how women have been conditioned to feel a certain way about femininity or lack of it. I, I loved being able to talk about that because of, you know, my background and the women in my life that I had grown up with uh, back in Iran. Uh, but then it also, um, we got to talk about domestic violence. We got to talk about um, suicide and depression. And these are things that as someone who is a survivor of domestic violence and suicide and a lot of those things, it was very important to me because I still feel in 2018, these are not things we talk about and we still shame victims of these sort of things. So I felt very empowered to be able to stand there and share things that were very vulnerable to me. And from what I heard from the audience, they felt that somebody was speaking about um, some of the things that they had gone through and they felt very connected. So that I consider an honor to be able to be a voice for things that people feel but very rarely talk about. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. So now, uh, Puya, you, you've been so busy. I mean, you have like nine projects that are like either filming or post-production or pre-production uh, what's been your secret? Has it been auditioning? Has it been networking? Has it been, I mean, what, what's, uh, what's, what's fueling really, all this? I, I really feel that it's not one thing. I feel you build momentum, and the whole concept of momentum is not something that happens in one day or by one thing, but 
Um, you know, next week I'm shooting another short film that until two weeks ago I didn't even know about, but I was in an acting class and um, I was working with someone and then they reached out to me and they wanted me to audition for a project that they had written and they were involved with. And so something like that. But I also believe whenever you're out there, whether you um, are in a project, whether you're in a class, uh, whether you are going to support somebody else, um, this openness to the world around you and also making sure that you do good work because, as you know, people remember good work. This business is much smaller than people think. Bad news travels very fast. Good news doesn't travel as fast, but it still travels. So I always try to make sure that whatever project I do, that I bring my best self that be a professional because I like to work with professionals. So if I like to work with a professional, then I only imagine that that's what other people also want to work with. You know, being on time, being prepared, being open, being there to work. Um, That doesn't mean if you have questions, you don't ask the questions, but you leave your attitude at the door because, you know, days are long. Um, Most of the indie projects, there's not a lot of money involved with it, and people are really doing it because they want to. These are passion projects that people are working on, and I feel grateful to be involved with them, and I feel that that gratitude shows, and those projects build up. I mean, right now I'm in pre-production for, I would say, four projects, Um, and I only had to audition for one out of those four, and it was because either those people knew me from some other project or I had been in a class with them or someone had recommended me. Um, And I always tell younger actors, you should look at this career. It's a career of a lifetime. It's something you build over years. It might be two years for someone. It might be five for somebody else, 10 for somebody else, and 15 for another person. But I still believe that it's, it's a house you build in to live in, and the effort you put in it is going to determine the kind of house you're going to end up with. And that's how I look at my acting career. Yep, it's a house. You've got to build it brick by brick. Now, because as far as house I... has been all the other way. <laughs> that's right. Now, as far as acting in general, um, going, looking yeah. back over your career, is there ever been a – a role that you you lobbied for in an unconventional way? Uh, Many years ago, when I was first starting, there was a a role that um, was looking for a character that I fit, but um, they had asked to see a man for that role. And so I sent a very polite message. I said, hi, I'm so-and-so, this, this is who I am, this is my work. I know you'd ask for a man, but if you're also open to a woman playing this role, um, the character was supposed to be a fashion editor of, of a fashion magazine. Um, and I said, if you're open to a woman playing that role, I would love to audition for you. Um, they apparently really liked it, so I auditioned for it, and I booked the role. Um, and it was a very fun project. Um, it was, it was a few years ago. Um, that was something that I lobbied for at that time. Ever since then, um, there haven't been that many things, but I always try to make sure that the people that know me and the people around me on my social media, that they always know what I'm doing or what I'm working on 
or um, they know my work. So if anybody's ever going to recommend me, there is stuff out there that people can point to and say, well, this is what she can do, or this is what she has done, or this is what she's working on in the future. And as you know, because, you know, it's like um, you you see my social media outlet, uh, most of what I put out on social media has really to do with either my activism or my acting. Um, and that is what I really use my social media. So it's like my very private life um, isn't something that interests anybody or concerns anybody. But the stuff that I put out there is the stuff that I really want people to see. So I guess if I was going to also give an advice to anybody, it was, you know, just, I wouldn't say be careful, but be uh, conscious of the kind of stuff that you put out there in your social media feed, because that's what people see nowadays. And sometimes that's how people decide whether you're someone they want to work with or not. Maybe not the only reason, but it could definitely be a deciding factor for a bigger project because at the end of the day, they're thinking this is going to be somebody that I'm going to be working with for a week or a month or six weeks, depending on whether it's a theater show or a production or a TV series. So I would just, you know, tell people who are just starting out, just be conscious of what you put out there because everybody sees it. Yeah, image is everything. You definitely got to be image, image conscious. So, um, now I know you don't, yeah, that's right. Now, I know that you don't audition that much, but in your years uh, of auditioning, how have you dealt with rejection? Um, actually, well, one, you're very kind. I, I do audition. I audition less than I used to. Part of it is because I audition right. for bigger projects or bigger roles, so there's just less less of them um, but uh, definitely there are changes in how people of color are being cast, so things are changing. Um, rejection, and I'm not going to say that it's easy, because even now, when I don't get something that I put my heart into, it um, it doesn't feel good. But I have come to realize, uh, one, we're not right for every role, and that is just a fact. We are not right, and when we're not right for it, we can do everything, but we're still not right for it. It might be we're too tall, we're too short, we're, you know, the wrong body type, the wrong voice, whatever it may be. Um, so part of is just realizing that getting a role or not getting the role is not just dependent on what you do in the audition room, but what is the bigger picture and how you fit into it. The other part of it is sometimes people forget that when you audition, you're not necessarily auditioning for the just that role, but you're auditioning for your longer career. And sometimes you may go in for a role that you're not right for, but you may still really do a great job and you will be remembered. And those are things that you can't control. You can't control if you don't look right to play the brother or the sister because you just don't look right or the fact that you may look too much like the other character. Those are things you don't have control over. The things you do have control over is making sure when you go into an audition, you go in with your best foot forward, that you have done your preparation, that you have worked as best as you could, that you know what you're doing, you know who the character is, you know what they want, you know what their needs are. Um, and you do that, and you just keep working at it. There was a time... I thought, oh, my God, I have to get this audition. But how I look at it now, very simply put, every audition I go on, 
is I think this is one audition closer to the one I'm going to book. And so I try yeah. to do my best job. There you go. And I'm, and I'm still not saying that rejection doesn't hurt because it does. You know, you know, especially as performers, we put our hearts out there and it feels um, uh, we feel very vulnerable when we get rejected. But, you know, this is a career that's built over years and many relationships. And I also said this to a young actor, younger actor this week. I said, know that if you keep working at it, you are going to get better. You're going to be better a year from now. You're going to be so much better five years from now. And you're going to be beyond your belief better in 10 years if you keep working at it. And if you look at it that way, then you would know that your day is going to come when it's the right day for you, when it's the right role and when you're in the right place at the right time. Well put, well put. So now when you have been cast, how long does it take you to find out what your character is about? Again, well, it depends on what the project is. Uh, how you know on TV everything moves much faster, and film it moves slower. Theater even even slower. Some characters are more complex. Some characters you need more digging. Some characters, as one of my teachers said, you know, by the last performance after eight weeks, you finally realize you're like, oh my god, this is who my character is. On television. Um, and I'm not talking about series regulars because, you know, those characters evolve through seasons and years and all of that. Um, but when you have a recurring, um, recurring guest star or, or a co-star, co-star isn't so much about character building, but guest stars and recurring guest stars, I would say you usually have, I would say, at least 70 to 80% solid idea of who this character is by the time you book the role. Because if you don't know who that character is, you're probably not going to get the role. Um, and then through, you know, your first episode that you show up or your second episode or how many episodes or how many scenes that you may have, um, especially with good writing, you get to see the different sides of that character and it's almost like the character slowly shows themselves to you. Um, in theater... Well, again, it depends on the writing. It depends on how long of a show it is because sometimes you only have you only get to do two performances and it takes you six months after that to, real, to realize, oh my God, this is who my character was. Um, so I don't think there's one answer for all of it. I think it depends on the character. I think it depends on the medium, theater, film, or television. I think it depends on the writing and how much of the character is shown to you and how much of it you have to figure out on your own. Um, there are characters I played two years ago that I still think if I were to play those characters again, I would still be finding out more stuff. But I think if you get a role, you should know at least 60 to 70% who this person is. Otherwise, I don't think you'd be able to play them well. I think you're right. I believe you're right. So how are you keeping your instrument sharp these days? I take classes. I am taking, um, I, I basically went back to taking audition classes with a very great on-camera acting teacher in New York, Matt Newton. I, you know, it's like if anybody was looking for on-camera class, he would be the first one I recommend. I used to go to him for about a year um, nonstop. 
uh, right before I booked Falling Water on USA Network. And then I got busy with different projects and I just went into a different direction. And then the latter part of this year, I felt that, you know, I wasn't really working on anything and I felt that my instrument was getting a little dull. So I thought of what am I doing? And then I signed up for two classes. I signed up for Shakespeare class, which was amazing. That was like a six-week class. I really loved um, the new breath of fresh air that it gave to me as an artist. And then I went back to the on-camera class, and I've been in that now for two months. I might take a month off and then go back, uh, you know, like work on uh, transit a little and then go back to class. But I think it's a matter of if you want other people to be interested in you, I think you have to be interested in yourself. And going to class, a class that excites you, not taking a class just because other people tell you that you should take a class, not because your friends are taking it, but a class that you feel you really want to take. Because I feel when you really want to take the class, then you're going to invest in it and you're going to get as much as possible out of it. So you should really, if you want other people to be interested in you, you should be interested in yourself. How can I get better? How can I be a smarter actor? How can I understand emotions that are not so readily available to me? How can I perfect my on-camera technique? Because like I said, if it's a craft, then it's something that the more you work at it, the better you get. Sometimes you get to do it on stage. Sometimes you get to do it in front of a camera. And sometimes when those projects are not available, you have to be proactive. How I'm doing it is producing my own short film, Transit, New York City Fairy Tale, and um, also taking the classes in between. And I can honestly tell you, William, I feel the second part of this year, I feel so much more engaged and so much um, more confident about what I'm doing and where I'm heading in my career than the first part, because I think at some point I said, why are you just sitting there and wondering what's going to happen? Go out there and make it happen. And, you know, and when you do that, I feel like it activates the laws of attraction. And when you become interested in yourself, other people become interested in you. That's that's profound. That is so profound. So I know that uh, you've got some modeling and print work out there. How can people find that? Where where are you uh, out there on the web? Uh, you know, I'm a reasonably easy person to find because on Twitter and Instagram and um, even my uh, uh, my actors website, uh, including my hashtag. It's Puyaland. So I'm a very easy person to find. Uh, basically, the spelling of my name uh, and land. You know, I thought if Disney can have a Disneyland, then Puya can have a Puyaland. So it's P O O Y A L A N D. Um, and through that, people can see my modeling pictures, people can see my acting clips, they can see my activism pieces. It's kind of like a, you know, one stop shop. You, you get everything <laughs> together. Well, Puya, it's it's been a pleasure as always. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Again, I just want to make sure that, you know, if, if your um, your listeners out there, I really thank them for listening in. But if they have more interest in, in Transit and New York City Fairy Tale, they can also just follow the hashtag, which is Transit Fairy Tale. So just, you know, it's like um, it's just two words, Transit Fairy Tale hashtag. And we are updating our followers on what we're doing, where we're heading, 
And, you know, we can't have enough followers. This is a story that we really want to share with people. And the more people that help us spread the, spread the word um, and help us raise as much money as we can, they allow us to share the story with other people and hopefully get the message of compassion, inclusion, and acceptance across, which is very important to all of us here at Transit at New York City Fairy Tale. And thank you so much, William, for having me on your show again. You're always so kind to me. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Okay, Puya, you have a great night. You too, my friend. Have a good evening. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yes, and again, this is your host, William Powell, reminding you to do something for your career every single day. And break a leg. Good night. Under the dark you pacify me Hold my breath Take me down, I won't fight Beat on my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my death Makes the sound no one can find I never met anyone like you Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.